Good evening, real men of genius and fantasy footballers everywhere. Coming to you live from West Melbourne, this is going to be the championship formula with your host, Mike Plymel, bearded for her pleasure. Sitting to my left, we got Saquon D's nuts. What is up? And we got the nation as always. Sharp as hell. And tonight we have a special guest, Cajun Raider. How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> Sounds so creepy. He's here. That he is here. He is here. And uh, my so. Thanksgiving was great because I think I didn't really leave the couch at all that day. Everyone else? Everyone else out there watching those games? Yep. Yeah, you know it. I definitely watch a Bills game. Okay. I didn't see that coming, Josh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was on the edge of the couch the whole time. I told you it would be close, actually. I said the Bills would not cover. The Bills would not cover. We did get a few of them right, though. Um, I would like to say that Cincy game called that spot on. Uh, Vegas really trying to trick everyone. Point and a half my ass. Uh, Cincy covered. Didn't need the points. Um, who else we got out there? Dallas. Man. Manhandled the Giants. They did, but they did cover. I just want to. I just want to go out and say that I said they would score enough points to cover the game. Yes. that was that was what was important to me. They you did cover it. in the betting realm. Yep. Uh, the other one I will hang my hat on is, of course, the Raiders beating the Seahawks outright. Didn't need any points for that either. Um, not too many other surprises out there. Green Bay, so sad, sitting in the uh, locker room all by himself, crying like a baby. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, turns out it was not a puncture wound to his lungs. It just needed a Hello Kitty Band-Aid, and uh, he decided to sit out the rest of the game. <laughs> so, um, there was some great games, though. I loved watching Miami beat up on Houston. Didn't seem like they really had a try in the second half. Josh, anything for you coming out of uh, this past week's games? I enjoyed the Raiders and Seahawks game. That thing was back and forth the entire time. It was high scoring. For sure. And then... Vinny and I had uh, Josh Jacobs over on um, his rushing yards, and he got that just with that breakaway run in overtime. Uh, Josh Jacobs had over everything. I think he had the most total yards of any player in the league this week. Uh, For the real men of genius out there, he had 101 points. And as far as I can recall, I don't think I've ever seen a score that high by any player. Josh Jacobs is the definition of a late bloomer. I mean, two years ago, the guy was probably picked top seven, eight in most genius leagues if you went back and looked, and he pretty much didn't pan out. But now this year, it's like there is the guy that we drafted two years ago. Yeah, and, and his probably, contract year. Yeah. yeah. What, what did he probably fall to in genius? Probably fourth, fifth round? Later than that. Four, later, yeah, yeah, probably like seventh, eighth Even round was later. probably the average. I know one round was one league, one division was like ninth. I mean, um, we, we looked at Josh Jacobs is a very unique situation. We looked at the fact they didn't pick up his fifth year option. They played him in the Hall of Fame game. They brought in Brandon Bold and Amir Abdullah, Josh McDaniels with the Patriots runs a four back system for pretty much every year he's there except the Corey Dillon years. I think the mistake we all made because if anyone tells me they drafted Josh Jacobs at his value, they're they're lying. But if we could go back and say, yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth year, instead of looking at it and saying, oh God. That's a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. By not picking up that fifth-year option, you can take Josh Jacobs, you can run him into the ground. They're not going to owe him any money. They can cut him loose after this. They got Zaire waiting. That's probably what happened. All right, well, so here's the real question for you. Are they regretting not picking up that fifth-year option now? It's not going to matter now, right, because Josh Jacobs is going to the highest bidder. 
He's, he's a young guy. He's 24 years old, man. 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, 23 years old. He had the same opportunity and uh, obviously shit the bed. He can't seem to say, stay healthy. He's got the body of a 34-year-old man with all the aches and pains and whatever they are. I, uh, I don't even, can you call them injuries or are they just boo-boos? <laughs> <laughs> the Hello Kitty bandage. I mean, why don't, why don't we ask Deuce Staley? But let's see what he has to say about it. He's been uh, pretty rough on him, it seems like. He's been very forthcoming with everything he's talked about, and uh, he's kind of encouraged him. you gotta, you got to play through the pain. Not so much play hurt. Doesn't mean you you know, you're, you got broken ankles and you're going through real hamstring pulls, but a little, uh, little bit of pain is just that's part of the game. you got to play through it. He just doesn't seem to have that in him. Um, but there was some uh, great games. Um, and as we're going through the recap, we're going to give out our first award on the show. And this award, we're going to have some really cool intro music for it next time. It's going to be, Mike, can you say, why does it hurt sometimes, Mommy? Why does it hurt sometimes, Mommy? <laughs> that was perfect. Do we, even need, perfect. Do we even need the yeah. music? Let's uh, just no. Take a, like, take a clip of that. I don't think so. And if this is going to be... Face, <laughs> if you can just see his face. He sold it. He sold it with his face. I heard. Yeah, and uh, this one this one I think was pretty easy. If you go to the top of all the scores this past week and look and say, where in the hell did that come from? You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Christian Kirk. You got Travis Etienne. Who the hell saw Zay Jones putting up the game he did besides me? who started him in the armchair league. Yes, I just nice. wanted to say that out loud. Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. Let's, let's, I'm just curious. Did you start him out of necessity, or did you start him because you just knew he was going to do it this uh, week? It was kind of out of necessity because I had Darnell Mooney in there, and I just thought with, uh, Justin, yeah, with Justin Fields sitting the bench and the Jets, uh, an elite D, that Zay Jones was an easy call. Um, there was a couple other options and it just it didn't feel right. So Zay Jones was the guy. I really thought he'd be somewhere in that 11, 12, maybe 13-point range. Um, he made me look like a genius with his 30-point output. But so that, I mean, that's the story of fantasy football. No, there's somebody that you're not expecting that makes you look amazing. First we said Josh Jacobs, and then now here we are. You had Zay, Zay Jones, so good job. On Absolutely. The, on the flip side of that, Zay Jones, I had somebody ask me in the keeper league that I play in, should I start Portland Southern or Zay Jones? I said, Russ has been terrible, but Cortland's going to get four or five targets start Cortland. Mm. Didn't turn out so good. Mm. That was his you wife, know. by the way, that asked him. Yeah. So he sat, He was on the couch yeah. this past mad. week. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here we go into this coming week's games. We're going to give you all the best information that you need on who you should start, who you should sit. Uh, for this league, it is going to be the final week. This will determine playoff seedings. This is an important week. Um, we got a lot of teams out there with seven wins. If they lock up their eighth win, it's an automatic playoff seed. You lose, you could be out. So, And there will be losses. There will. There are two seven-win teams that are playing each other, so it is absolutely a matter of fact. One of those seven teams is going to remain at seven wins, and there is only one seven-win team outside the playoffs. So if all the other seven-win teams win, it's an automatic lock. They're all in. So pretty much those six-win teams need a little help. It's really what it comes down to. And uh, statistics, and I think most of us, just the law of averages, someone's going to lose. That's all it comes down to. Someone has to lose. So we're going to try and help you out with that win. And we're going to start off with the Bills and Pats on Thursday night. Bills, Ooh, let's go. 
Bills favored by four and a half. 43 and a half is the over under. It feels a little light. I know the Patriots are home. They got an elite D. Um, but that didn't seem to matter this past week. Vinny, what happened to your Patriots this week? The same thing that I thought was going to happen to them against Minnesota. They, they don't have anyone to check Justin Jefferson. I just know that he's going to go wild. That defense is elite. They don't have anybody to really shut down an alpha receiver. And they're also bad against the tight end, which is uncharacteristic for a New England Patriots defense. And the other problem is once you get a lead on the Patriots and you make Mac Jones throw the ball, I know he had a lot of yardage. But when it matters the most and you have to make a play, and typically he hasn't had that kind of output, I don't trust him in the big spots. Like I said last week, Justin Jefferson will have his. Stephon Diggs is going to have his. Last year he burned him for three touchdowns and over 150 yards. I'm not going to say he's going to drop three tutties and 150, but he's going to have his way with whoever they decide to check him. For sure, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. Minnesota won that game outright. I'm trying to think what the final score was. Uh, 33-26. They, they kept it close, but they did. Uh, Jefferson had another solid game. Uh, this week, though, with the Patriots still elite on D, they do have Stephon Diggs as the elite receiver. Um, I'm putting him somewhere in that 80-yard range, uh, 70 to 90, somewhere in there. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to have another solid game. I don't envision a 300-yard game through the air, but I do envision an 80-yard game on the ground somewhere in there. I think with... I still believe that the Patriots, they're one of the top three defenses against the pass that they can force him to run. Unfortunately for the Patriots, Allen has a great set of legs. The only reason this game is a 43.5 under is because the weather's going to be about 32 degrees. Okay. It's going to be a very cold game. Ball's going to be a little slick. Maybe a fumble or turnover here and there. But I, I think this game is going to go well over the 43.5. Okay. I, I just can't see the Patriots keeping the Bills from scoring at least in the mid-20s to uh, 31, 32 points on that elite defense. I think the game's going to get away from the Patriots. Okay. Anyone for the Patriots you're worried about? The only guy I would start, there's just one guy, is Ramondre Stevenson. Right. I wouldn't start Jacoby Myers. Jacoby yep. Myers is a little banged up. Yes. He He's saying it's not going to bother him. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to start Devontae Parker. I'm surely not going to start Hunter Henry. No. I'm surely not going to roll out Mac Jones. And in the format we play in, there's rarely anybody you can start from the Patriots outside of Ramondre and Jacoby. That's right. it. Yep. In the two QB league, Mac Jones is fringe QB three. Okay. That's it. I, I just, no faith. No right. faith. Enough said. Ramondre Stevenson, you got to start him. Jacoby Myers probably looking on the out, from the outside on this. Uh, feel free to start your Bills. I mean, not that you have it. If you have Diggs, you're starting them no matter what. Um, Josh Allen's going to be in there. Gabe Davis is a little shaky, but he has been all year, so hopefully you have a better option than Gabe Davis. True boomer uh, bust. Yep. True boomer bust. Same as Isaiah McKenzie. I, you hope you have better for that than your wide receiver three, but if he booms, you look like a genius. You look like a guy that started today, Jones. Absolutely. All right, next game up on the slate is going to be the Steelers at the lowly Falcons. Falcons favored by a point and a half, which honestly, that seems a little bit fishy to me. That's a fishy line, you think? That, I think that's a fishy line. Falcons okay. should not be favored over anyone except maybe like Melbourne, Melbourne Central Catholic. <laughs> I, I would definitely give them a point and a half against them. Uh, there's some really good high school teams out there. Maybe give them a point and a half against them. But otherwise, I'm... Uh, I think it's fishy. I think to say that if they were in Pittsburgh, they'd only be favored by a point and a half. I'm like, uh, that doesn't feel right. Is it just me? Mm, man, this game 
it's hard to call this game. Steelers defense isn't very good. I know they got Watt back, but um, the Falcons get ran on like crazy. Najee's banged up. Is um, who's going to run the ball for the Steelers though? I mean, is I think Warren is going to be back this week. He's correct? got the hamstring. It says Tomlin said it's not too bad or something like that. But okay, Benny Snell is out there. Benny Snell is not a horrible running back. Yeah. Just doesn't have the opportunities. Uh, Najee Harris. We'll see if he can push through that. Um, I've got Fryermuth as like a, a number three tight end, you know. Number three overall this week? Yeah. Okay. I can number see three that. overall tight end. I, when I look at this game, the Falcons are going to run the triple option. We know they barely throw it. Okay. The Steelers, they want to run everything through the run game. Whether Najee's there or not, Kenny Pickett's pretty mobile. The, the over under is at 43 right now. What did it open at? Do you know? Do you it did open at 42. Okay, so it's gone up. A lot of people are dumping on there. I'm, I'm shocked this over-under is not at 39. It, it's, it's a, I just don't see where the points are going to come from. Mm-hmm. I would take the under in the game. As far as fantasy relevancy, um, the Steelers' defense was horrific without T.J. Watt. They're ranked number 27 overall. With T.J. Watt in the lineup in the games he has played, they are the number three ranked defense. I take the Steelers minus one, which is what the line is currently at, and I don't look back. I'm not so sure how the points are going to come, but I trust the Steelers' defense now that T.J. Watt is in the lineup. Absolutely. They're going to generate a pass rush. It helps their back end. They're going to run the ball. Kenny Pickett is forming a lot of chemistry with George Pickens. If Deontay holds on to a touchdown pass, that game's not even close last week. Well, it's close, but there's separation. It doesn't yeah. come down to a final drive where Indianapolis is trying to tie the game. For sure. Yeah, no, in this one, I think we're all kind of in agreement. The Falcons... Uh... They're not going to be able to They're move horrible. the ball. Yeah. Falcons are horrible. Um, I don't know that I would start anyone. Since they are going to be down, I, maybe Mariota gets some yardage and garbage time. Maybe ends up in that 230, 240 range. Uh, I think that could be pushing it. He could also end up with an extra pick in the sa- at that same the same mentality. I think that I take the point and a half, take the Steelers. So I, I would feel confident starting Deontay. I would feel confident starting uh, Pickens. Not saying they're going to blow up and be number ones, but they should be a solid number three this week. Um, Deontay well, still 100% gets a agree with you. The target okay. volume is going to be there. How efficient will Deontay Johnson be? Who knows? He'll get eight targets, catch four for 50. Okay, yep. It's not the most beautiful thing in the world, but it's wide receiver through territory. Pickens has a chance to blow up every play. Fryermuth is hard to start in genius. I mean, if you're desperate in 12-team leagues and you need a tight end, sure, roll them out there. I'm not starting either quarterback. Don't trust them. Uh, the running backs, especially in genius, I think it's really tough to start anyone if it wasn't Najee. Um, yep. Warren coming off the hamstring, I'm not so sure. And then Cordell Patterson, I believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, guys. Agreed. Simple as that. Yeah. Yep. Look elsewhere. Don't look at Atlanta. All right, next up on the slate, we got the Packers. At the injury-riddled Bears. Um, Eddie Jackson, massive blow to lose for the Bears. Um, I don't think it matters who starts, Aaron Rodgers and his boo-boo or Jordan Love. I think either one of them is going to do just fine. Um, Mr. Raider, you've been a little quiet tonight. You got any thoughts on this game, on who you're looking at? Aaron Jones. I mean, I think Aaron Jones could have a really big... uh, a really big game. Um, that's really the only thing I like in this, other than Justin Fields, if he's you know if he's 100% healthy. He is definitely not going to be 100% healthy all year. He does have some small tears in his non-throwing shoulder. Um, even rest is not going to completely heal it, but pain management it looks like, unless it's touched up in the off season. 
We're starting uh, David Montgomery here. David I mean, Montgomery. I mean, he's startable. I think he, in he's startable. Game. He's startable. He's a top sixteen running back. I, I'm not. He did well last week. He did. I, I, yeah. I think he's quarterback proof because they're going to try to handle the ball as much as possible. They have to. Yep. For sure. Um, so, Vinny, I got a question for you. Alan Lazard, Christian Watson. Who has more targets over the last month? I'm excited that you asked me that. Who has more targets over the last month? Without looking. I don't know. I, I'm i going to lean Christian Watson. Josh? I bet it's close. Uh, Lazard's targets have tailed off, I believe, over the past couple weeks. Watson has gotten more involved in the game. Over the last month, he is still outperforming him in targets, even over the last couple weeks. He has 19% more targets over the last month. Um, for my money... You're talking about Watson, right? I am talking about yeah. Lazard over Watson. Really? Really. I would have been wrong. That is correct. He's averaging about six targets a game. He's catching about four of them. Uh, it seems like he's dropping the other two because they are catchable They're balls. Quality, he, quality targets? Yes, they okay. are quality targets. Um now that's obviously an exaggeration, but uh, I fully believe that Christian. This now this he could keep it up this week with Eddie Jackson out and the Chicago Bears being atrocious against the pass. Um, they traded away Robert Quinn, and uh, so they really don't have much on D. But if it's me, it's not going to. I don't believe it's going to keep up. No one's going to maintain that level of production on those few of targets. Vinny? Circle of trust. I'm glad you brought up Christian Watson. This is my guy. This is who I trust this week. Completely opposite of what you said. This is a guy that has about 174 air yards over the past three weeks. He's averaging about 7.6 air yards per reception. He's actually averaging more yards than um, Justin Jefferson. I apologize. Um, He's at 14.5 versus 13 over the last three weeks. He did it with Jordan Love last week. He's done it with Aaron Rodgers. He's going up against a putrid Chicago defense. That is a guy that I would pencil in as my wide receiver three, and you could really reap the benefits here. He's a scoring machine. He's great after the catch. If you give it to him and you put the ball in front, once he catches it, there's very few backs that can keep up with him. Absolutely. No Eddie Jackson? 4-3-7. They're in trouble. They're in trouble, and Jordan Love looked so much better than the start he made last year in Kansas City when Steve Spagnuolo said, hey, you're terrible. You're a rookie. We're going to send the house every single play, and he got 150 yards and a pick. Yep. This is a different Jordan Love. I love Christian Watson. He is in my circle of trust. Start okay. this guy with confidence as your wide receiver three. All right, yes. the nation putting a stamp, circle of trust. One more um, thing, Mike, 24.7% target share. That's big. That's elite. That's wide receiver in one territory. That is elite. If only Alan Lazard wasn't pushing 30%, I would feel better about that. He but needs to catch him, though. That's right. <laughs> That's the thing. He doesn't catch him. It, it, he doesn't. You made the point. You're right. He drops two or three balls. What's he going does. on? Um, well, my alarm just went off, so I have to take my blood pressure medicine. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> understood. All right. Um, so here we go. Next up, going to be the Jags at the Lions. Um, the Lions are actually favored by a point and a half at home. And Vegas is expecting a shootout at 51 and a half. Honestly, there's nothing, looking at the defenses, there's nothing that doesn't make me think this won't be a shootout. Literally, I, I think it feels like the defense of the Detroit Lions is wearing cheerleaders' uniforms when they're <laughs> out there and they're really rooting for the other team to score, almost like egging them on. Um, it's 
bordering on sad. So uh, they're almost dead last against the run. They're almost dead last against the pass. Uh, they just they have a lot of offense. They have a lot of skilled playmakers. Uh, even without TJ Hawkinson, Jamal Williams is a tryhard guy. Amon Ra reaping the benefits of being the number one. Where are they playing at? In Detroit? In Detroit, in the Dome. No okay. weather. No weather, yeah. No weather. So Conditions warm are in there. perfect. Yep. Games Amon in Ra. Detroit are yeah. averaging over 60 points a game. Woo! That's that's big. That's, that's You start everybody. You start everyone. Exactly. Start them all. Yeah. A- anyone you're worried about? Not at all. Okay. Except for DeAndre Swift catching a hangnail mid-game. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, DeAndre Swift, uh, he does usually keep nail clippers with him for just that instant. It's the rest of the injuries that really set him out. Well, we do have two things to talk about, though, I think. One is a kind of a lesser thing. Revenge game for DJ Shark. Are you rolling him out there? Going up against his old Jacksonville team as a wide receiver three. Any takers? I mean, this week it's going to be Arizona's on a bye and Carolina. Um, So I can't imagine you were starting DJ Moore. Maybe you've had Rondale Moore as your number three um, or D-Hop as your number. Isn't Arizona on bye this week? They are. Yeah, and or you had D-Hop as your number three. I mean, DJ Shark, that's really pushing it, though. I I would really have to be... Basically, I'd have to be um, stay healthy CMC and not make any pickups for the last two months. And then if I have, yeah, if if I have DJ Chark still on my lineup, or uh, I don't know, somehow was I I was able to finagle Terrell Owens to get on my team, maybe (laughs) then I would start DJ Chark. But otherwise, I'm probably gonna no takers on DJ Chark. I'd love to see his props bet on Prize Picks just to see what they have on. I'll look it up real quick. I know we got to take a break soon. I got one for you. Okay. Okay. Chase Claypool. This week, or DJ Shark? Ooh. Uh, give me DJ Shark. Uh, I think that's pretty DJ easy. DJ Shark. Me. That's DJ Shark's cousin, Shark. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Shark. But no, really, give me give me DJ Shark. Uh, I, Green, Bay is better owners, against, so yeah, I, Green Bay is better against the pass. They are. Um, they, J- Jair Alexander, they've got some actual playmakers in the right. secondary. And Fields is even going to play. Right. So yeah, it feels it's not going to play, or if he does play, I mean, Fields averages about 150 yards a game. I mean, let's face it, even in that fantastic run where he's been carrying teams, he is doing it with his legs more than anything. He's, if Fields play, people. like if if Fields plays, right, what would you rank him as? If Fields plays, oh my gosh, man, he's a that's top a, five that, play for me. That's a difference of he misses practice today, he misses practice tomorrow, he misses practice on Thursday, he has a partial on Friday. That's right. a big difference then. He's getting in practice all week. Right. So I'd, I'd really want to know. I'd need a little more information before I was ready to put him top five. But if he's in there and he's actually not just on the stationary bike or, you know, doing right. wrist curls over on the sidelines, no, I think I'd feel a little bit better about putting him in. But going back to this game, I said there was two things. Uh, the DJ Chark was kind of the lesser of the two. But the real question is, Travis Etienne, I've never heard a coach say, oh, yeah, he was healthy enough to play, but we just didn't decide to play him. Etienne went out of the game. They went to Jermichael Hasty. What was the problem? Why didn't they put Travis Etienne back in the game? Maybe that foot no injury one really from last knows. year. Right. He had a Liz Frank. Okay. He did. If there is any problem with that guy, fire up Jermichael Hasty. For sure. Against Detroit's terrible and i say fire him up if you're in a situation where you're looking at your running depth running back depth and you have an rb1 but you have nothing else behind it let's say you're a christian mccaffrey owner but your rb2 spot is deontay foreman who's on by uh maybe a uh james connor james connor michael hasty looked really good he looks spry he catches the ball for he sure makes quick movements gets what's there and that jackson off jacksonville offense is going to be just fine against detroit this should be fireworks 
for sure. All right. Uh, so we're going to take our first commercial break. And as a reminder, we are brought to you by Mr. Delicious Pizza. Uh, right off of Vieira Boulevard and 95. Just want to let everyone know they have their new food truck, Mr. D's Food Truck. It will be working for any event that you have, children's birthday party, uh, any company events that you might have. And as always, if you go in and mention that you heard him on our podcast, The Championship Formula, it's an automatic 10% off. So stop in for lunch, enjoy some great pizza, and get yourself a discount. All righty, guys. Be back shortly. I'm hungry. And we're back. Championship Formula coming to you live from West Melbourne. And we are back with the second half of the 1 o'clock games. And uh, we're going to start off with the Jets and the Vikings. Let's do it. All right. Vikings are the favorite against the come-up Jets. Vikings favored by three. They're looking at 45.5 for the over-under. So not exactly a shootout, but some points on the board. Um, Jets are great on defense. Not quite as good as the Pats overall, but still a great team on defense. Um, I was actually a little shocked last week to see the Vikings manhandle the Pats like that. So it it does give you kind of a little confidence going into this game. Really quick, go ahead and let uh, Vinny run his victory lap on that because he was he was confident in that pick and he was correct. He was on the uh, Vikings Patriots pick. We correct. wanted the over. We really really liked it, right? I believe, right? And then yes. two of you had. The spreads on either side. Mm-hmm. Who I, had, think, who actually, had the I actually said I thought that um, Pats could win that outright. And yes, right. You thought the Pats would win it outright, and, and you weren't far off. I mean, they had a chance to win the game. It's not they like did. Minnesota got away from them. You took the spread, Mike. No, I actually think I took the Pats as well. So I, I, I would definitely be wrong on that because um, right. uh, let's be honest, they lost by seven. I know it was a close game, but they lost by seven. Mm-hmm. What we know about the Vikings is on offense, they can score with anybody. Let's face it. It doesn't matter who, who they play. I I think defense, as good as it just have been on defense, I still think Minnesota is going to score a good share of points. Um, Sauce Gardner cannot check everybody, and I'm not so sure he's going to stop Justin Jefferson. They're going to score points. I love TJ Hawkinson in the game. Okay. Love him. Love him in the game. I have that down as well. Uh, definitely great start this week. So unless you have like a Mark Andrews, a Travis Kelsey, you're not. You are definitely going T.J. Hawkinson this week. You drafted him as your tight end one. If you didn't get those guys, you know for sure. If you have that kind of tight end room, you you made a mistake. You should have traded away T.J. Hawkinson a long time ago and kept yeah. Kelsey, kept Andrews for sure. Um, Mike White. Who saw that coming? Wow. Only Mike White. Mike White was the only one. I think I think Vinny was talking about it th- earlier this week. We Loving Mike White. We love Mike White. You and I both ran to our dynasty waiver wire to grab Mac- Mike White, and we were unable to. I mean, he was gone three minutes after the announcement at the starter. Correct. I mean, Mike White is a guy that he passes eye tests. This guy slings the ball. He gets it to Garrett Wilson. He, oh my God, he revived. I, I said, take a wait and see approach on Elijah Moore. Start Garrett Wilson as your wide receiver three. Well, Garrett Wilson was a shoe in. Now we know. Hey, Elijah Moore is actually a pretty good football player when you have a competent quarterback. Okay, I mean, he didn't get a huge target share, but he made his targets count. Mike White found him. And also on the running side of this, they made James Robinson a scratch. And Mike Williams loves to check down. Yeah. Michael um, Carter is hurt, though. Michael Carter is hurt. Low ankle sprain. Right. But the guy that started, um, God, now the name. Now the name is Everybody London. stare at me. Last name is London, I believe. Drake. Not Drake London. Very Falling funny. down. Oh, uh, good. Anyways. <laughs> London <whoa>. Bridge. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll look that up in a minute. Um, he, he was an undrafted uh, rookie, I believe. Okay. So, But 
he looked great, and a lot of it was Mike White. Mike White took the pressure off the uh, the offense. He was able to sling the ball around, running lanes opened up, and this kid was getting what was there. He was taking everything the defense would give him. He's a one-cut, direct guy. He can catch the ball. Had a lot of juice in his legs. If Michael Carter is out and they're going to make James Robinson a healthy scratch, it's for this reason. They think this kid can play. Zonovan Knight. Zonovan You were Knight. close. Zonovan. Really close. Really Zonovan. close. With Drake yeah. London. Yeah, yeah. Australian yeah. Drake. Zonovan, Zonovan <laughs> Knight. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm not saying I'm ready to start him as my RB2. One name, Tyson Williams. He passed the eye test, too. Right. How'd that work out? He did. He did pass the eye test. But again, they made James Robinson a healthy scratch. Explain it to me. It, it doesn't matter if Mike Carter is hurt or not. Why was James Robinson a healthy scratch? you got to ask yourself these questions. Why is this team doing that? Well, there's one reason. They saw something in Zonovan White, and they thought highly enough of him to say, we're going to scratch James Robinson, who we traded for. Just traded for. Simple Correct. as that. Yep. Ty Johnson didn't have a huge role. He only touched it five times on the ground. Zonovan White is in line for a lot of volume on a team that loves to run the ball with a competent quarterback. Now, if you don't have a legitimate RB2, you could start him. My suggestion would be scoop him up before your friend does, and he ousts you from the playoffs this week because you didn't scoop him up. You better play keep away. You better stash him. Someone else will. Someone will reap the benefits if he starts. Let me ask you this. Yeah. The coaching staff has said that Zach Wilson is going to get another chance. Baloney. No. Yeah, no. Everyone would have to come up injured for that to happen. For sure. Mike White, Joe Flacco, Robert Griffin III. Uh, Josh Kenny. Yep. Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> right. If Drew Bledsoe's right. able, they, yeah. If they can get him back. Boomer Esiason was actually warming up a couple <laughs> right. of weeks ago. Bernie Kosar? Yeah. No. Yes. No. It, it, it's almost unthinkable that they would even consider going back to Zach Wilson. It's not even. So what's it's, next for him then? Um, Josh I, I, Rosen status. He, yeah. There you go. Honestly, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll he looked squad. like a pouty baby the whole time, too, with yeah. his little hood pulled up. Yep. Someone needed to just walk over there and give him a smack. Listen, <laughs> Listen man, he's a cougar hunter. He's going to be busy. Yeah. He's still an NFL quarterback getting a lot of money. He is going to become a journeyman backup. A couple teams will take a flyer on him early on. They're going to find out just what the first Jets round did. pedigree. And that's it. He, he probably will become a Josh Rosen. Now, we might look back at this podcast, and we might look really stupid. I don't think so. But I don't think so. I think this one is really... Like a it's, Colt McCoy. It's obvious. It's obvious. Just look at him play. This kid doesn't just see ghosts against the Patriots. He sees ghosts against everybody. Everyone, yeah. There's a reason Elijah Moore wanted to get the hell out of there. It was Zach Wilson. Yep. There's a reason Garrett Wilson chewed out the team and said, offensively, we're, we're a crock of you know what. Yeah. The, it, it was him. It was all directed at him. He got called to the principal's office. I said, we're done with you. He can't go back. No. And he knew that. Once you bench him, you can't go back to him again. Definitely not. Yep. No They're going to try to get any salvageable trade value out of him, even if it's like a fourth or fifth round pick. They'll take it probably in the offseason. He's gone. He is gone. He is. They probably get some a late round pick and then make it... You know, some stipulations, oh, it could become a fourth, it could become a fifth based on playing time incentives, stuff like that. But no, Zach Wilson's pretty much, I would say, done in the league. He had his shot. Um, Remember, Mike White started off as QB3. He was behind Joe Flacco, who we thought, if you have a playoff team in the Jets, you probably want Joe Flacco to lead this playoff run. Uh Uh-uh. They moved Mike White to number two. They had him leapfrog Zach Wilson. This is Mike White's team. They're not looking back. The Zach Wilson era is over. Yeah, so as a recap on that one, is there anyone we're not starting in this game? Hawkinson, Jefferson, how about Thielen? I'm not starting Thielen. Not starting Thielen. You're starting Cooks. You're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting 
TJ Hawkinson, and I think that's it on the Minnesota side. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, you feel confident in that one? Listen, if that's your QB2, you got to roll him out there. I doubt you have two better options than Kirk. If you do, you roll him out there. If you don't, he's your QB2. Roll him out there. On the Jets side of things, though, who do you start? I'm starting Garrett Wilson. Absolutely. Easy start. For sure. Again. Tyler Conklin? Any chance he cracks your lineup? Probably not. Okay. I don't think he can crack a a wide receiver three spot in genius. I don't see it. And last one, Mike White. You're starting him because Minnesota is allowing... 7.2 7.2 yards per passing play, which is 31st in the league. 31st. In the, in the NFL, that's bad. In high school, that's elite. Yeah, there's 200 but, yeah, teams. Yeah. You are like in but the top In the NFL, third. man, you're, yeah. you're just <laughs> atrocious. Minnesota is getting boat raced on defense. I mean, they got an old, old cornerback there playing on one side, and all they got is Harrison Wilson, Harrison Smith, Smith on the back yep. end. That's it, man. They don't got anything in that, in that secondary that scares okay. anybody. So Mike White, confident. In the lineup, number two quarterback. I have him on my team. I'm starting him over Russ Wilson. This is indoors. Oh, come on. Indoors, no weather. Indoor, <laughs> yeah. no weather. Yeah, that's good. So over, over like all day long on this. Fired play, right? up. 45 and a half. Fired up. On a side note, I think I'm taking the points in the Jets. I think the Jets pull this one off. I can see that. Yeah, I love it. I like Mike White. What's the I think spread? The def- uh, three? Three points. Okay. The you easiest get three. Thing, Mike's probably right about the three. You want the safest bet of the week then? Let's tease the line. Take the Jets plus 10 and lower the 45.5 down to 38.5. Vinny, Ooh. I'm not a seasoned better. Quickly, I know we're trying to work quick here. What's teasing, what's teasing the line? Just teasing is simple. You have an option to... Get points, and you can apply them any way you want. You can tease a game at six points, six and a half points, seven. Sometimes there's eight point teasers. Let's take seven as an example because that's the number I'm using. So, on a seven point teaser, you get to add seven points to the spread or take it away. Obviously, if you already like the Jets to win and the Jets are plus three, you add seven to the Jets. Now you get the Jets plus 10. They just Does that cost be, extra money to do that? The odds change a little bit. So, okay. instead of maybe having to put up a buck 20 to win 100, maybe you got to put up a buck 70 to win 100 or a buck 60 okay. to win 100 because you're getting seven points. You're getting a full touchdown. That's a big thing. In Vegas. I got you. Yeah. But you have to do it to two sides of the bet. You can't just do it on the spread. You also have to do it on the over-under, or you have to do it to another game. Okay. You have to have two of them in a teaser at the minimum. And you can do multiple team teasers that pay out better. Take a two-man teaser, you add seven to the spread, now you got the Jets plus ten. Take the over-under. We all said what? It's going to hit the over. Cool. So take the 45 and a half, take seven off of it. Now you're at 38 and a half. That's your new number. So you're going to get the Jets plus ten, and you're going to get the Jets over-under 38 and a half. You take the over. That sounds... That Dude, sounds that's pretty safe. Very likable. That's yeah. a pretty safe bet. But, Seems like an easy way to make money. But there's yeah. a reason why they call them teasers. Right. For sure. Right. And, and there's rules. I about thought you were going to tell me the reason why they call them teasers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, no. Because sometimes they look a little bit too good to be true. You shouldn't be teasing through zero. There's there's rules with teasers that if you're seasoned better that you watch out for. But, we're going to actually in the upcoming podcast. I want to do like an in depth dive. Sure. But you you answered my question, so thank you. Yep, absolutely. And on to the next game, and it's going to be the Commanders visiting the falling New York Giants. Commanders going into town, favored by a point and a half. They are expecting a low-scoring game at 40 and a half. Um, I personally, I'm having a hard time believing the Commanders are going to keep this up. I don't know what it is. I like the coach for the Giants. I like the bowl. I like... You like the bowl. The, nice. 
<laughs> Only on Thursday nights. Dabs. Brian Dable. Like dabs. Brian Dable. Dabs? Yeah. They call him Dabs. Brian Dable. Okay. They call him Dabs in New York. Okay. The Dabs. Um, they're both solid against the pass. Um, I do think the Giants are going to have a hard time stop stopping the running game with uh, Robinson and Gibson. But I just I don't know what it is. I have a hard time believing that the Giants are going to lose three in a row. Right. I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. For you and I had this thing with Antonio Gibson. We were enamored with that guy the last loved two him. years. We loved him. We loved the speed. We loved the hands. We loved the the rushing ability. We thought this guy was was great, and he was for two years. He was an easy RB one, low end, but he was an RB one. And I saw this Washington team do this the last couple of years, especially last year. They had a losing record going into the middle part of the season. They ran out a bunch of games. They won games. They got into the playoffs. It's a team that knows how to play defense. They're coming together at the right time. Chase Young should be joining the lineup. The game is probably going to be one of those slugfests. It probably should be low scoring. And the one thing I'll say is you're having a hard time understanding how the Jets could lose. I'm sorry, the Giants could lose three in a row. I am too. I love to bet games where a good team is coming off losses. Because I really think eventually the good team with the better coach will win. I, I thought they would cover last week against Dallas. Didn't think they'd beat them per se, but I love them to cover. I like them to come out winners here. I I think Saquon's going to have a nice day rushing the ball. I think Dable is going to have that team ready to play. There's a lot on the line. 7-4 for the Giants, 7-5 for Washington. This is a game that could you know, essentially decide whether you get a home playoff game or not at some point. For sure. It's big. It's big. You know, on the Washington side, Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson running the ball really well. Terry McLaurin has really good chemistry with Taylor Heineke. Got to start all three guys, in my opinion. Uh, ingenious, Brian Robinson, not so much. I'm talking more 12-man. But Brian Robinson in 12-man leagues, he's a start. He's an RB2. He's a flex. Is he a number two? You think he hits 100 yards? Not ingenious. But if he does hit 100 yards, he is an RB2 ingenious. That's Absolutely. what it takes. That's sure. what it takes. Yep. You got to have 100 yards, and you get 100 yards in a TD. You're in good shape. I think he had three targets. He caught all three of them last Scored week. Scored a touchdown. Yeah, he had 20, y- 20 yards through the air. So, I mean, that absolutely is a number two running back. It's not Josh no. Jacobs, for the love of God. No. but who, who is, is? <laughs> Who is, yeah. Mm. I mean, they, not CMC. they trust Brian Robinson a lot. They give him the ball a lot. He loves him in, in a weird him. way. Yeah, in a very yeah. weird way. I don't want to say how. I get in trouble. It's like the yeah. way Plymouth loves me. Yeah. It is. Right. It's, it is. Like it's a, a cousin love. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way Jerry Jones loves Ezekiel Elliott. Like a West Virginia cousin right. love. Yeah. It's how you learn a French kiss. <laughs> right, right, right. There's something really, really eerie there. It is. Um, all right, so on the commander's side, are we starting Heineke? Does he even crack your number two decision-making? I love him. I love him in real life. I hate oh. to start him. I would never start this guy in a two-man You had me going for a second. I'm like, I know. Really? I love I'm his like, story. I love who he is. I oh like how he wins. I'm going to find life, that couch and burn it right, down. In real life, he's the kind of guy you want in the foxhole, man. This guy's, you know, he's a man's man. He's a leader of men. They rally around this guy. But he They feel does. bad for him, I think. I, <laughs> just so sad. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. He's six foot. He's 202 pounds. He's got the smallest pecker on the team. Wow. They just, everyone just looked. I'm like, oh, man. So you've just, seen it. I knew there was something up with you. <laughs> yeah. I Google pictures like that. Wow. Wow. Yep. I mean, listen, real life, I think we all agree, Washington made the right choice. Carson Wentz is way more talented than Taylor Heineke. Yes. But Carson Wentz can't lead anybody. No. No one trusts Carson Wentz. No one respects him. Yep. Um, but talent-wise, it's not even close. It's Carson Wentz. But this team is better. With a leader under center, and that's what your quarterback has to be. Do I start him in two man? Zero chance. Okay. 
Terry McLaurin, though, his favorite receiver. Man. Once again, lion share of the targets. Another. It was a quiet day for him. Only four catches for 48 yards, but still lion share of the of the targets. He is going to be solid in this one. Right. Target rate, you got to put him in just on that alone. If this guy sure. gets you six catches, that's 18 points right there. Gives you 50 yards, you're at 28. You're almost at a low-end wide receiver two, right? 28 kind of puts you in wide receiver two territory. Yep. Almost wide receiver one. There you go. Low-end, though. Anyone you know. Anyone on the Giants? That I'm starting? Anyone. Besides Saquon. Are uh, you Saquon's benching Saquon? And, and this is a real question. Are you benching Saquon? If you're a team Do you, that has... And does any team out there, please call now, if you have two running backs better than Saquon Barkley? I have a situation. Ooh. Christian McCaffrey, Rashad White. And we talked about Rashad White last week. We, I said I, he was an auto star for me. He's someone you can get in at RB2. You loved him. You said you were going to start him over Leonard Fournette. I don't know if you did. I did. There are positions where you might have Saquon, and you might not be you might not be in a position to have to start him. I'm not saying I'm going to start Rashad White, but you should question it a little bit. I've been watching the Giants games. Saquon Barkley hasn't been really efficient with these touches. He's getting a lot of them. He's been saved by a touchdown. Otherwise, it was starting to smell bad. The touchdown made the smell go away. But if he doesn't score those touchdowns, I don't see the catches are there. I would have said CMC was a potential bench with this upcoming week. But now that Elijah Mitchell's out, I feel that they are going to find a way to get him more involved. I thought I would have CMC said was bold. playing through some, some knee issues. He has um, knee irritation. Irritation. Yeah. His knee was irritated, but yet he was in and out of the game. Yeah. I played PlayStation the other day. My thumb was irritated. I managed to play right. through, though. So he's an NFL player right. making millions and millions of yeah. dollars. Suck it up, Buttercup. Christian yeah. McCaffrey has been awesome for us this year. Let's face it. We expected this guy to miss three games by now, minimum. No one thought he would be healthy. No one thought Saquon would be healthy. We love yeah. these guys. And we need wins now. Yep. I told you on the phone, I said, I had the balls to draft Christian McCaffrey everywhere. I need him now more than ever. Yep. And Did you no call one, him up and tell him that? Because that will maybe change right. how he <laughs> deals with his knee if injury. If you hear this, CMC, <laughs> I... I got you everywhere, even against my better judgment when people were telling me, don't do it, he's going to get hurt, he's going to miss games. I went in on you, as well as a lot of other brave people. You've paid us off well. But the time is now. No Elijah Mitchell. No Elijah Mitchell. Man. I recommend you sliding into his DMs. I did that with Antonio Brown when he came to the Raiders, and right. um, now he's not on our team anymore. Wow, oh you really <laughs> kept him there. That was a, you must have sent him a beautiful message. Nice. I don't know. Mike, you said you would have considered benching Christian McCaffrey if Elijah Mitchell was playing. You also have Elijah Mitchell in our 12-man league armchair. So I, I know you had big hopes for him. I just can't see in genius how someone could bench Christian McCaffrey. I could see Saquon. I can't see Christian McCaffrey. Okay. That is a tough guy to bench. If he's this playing, time. you're starting him. I mean, his floor is 30 points, man. It is. It is. It's just, this past week was uh, 23. Right. He had an off week. I'll give it to it you. Did. But look at every single week before that, man. For this sure. guy has been bullets. He's okay. aces, man. All right. CMC for life. All right. So do it's not fun. bench Christian McCaffrey. You heard it here uh, first. <laughs> All right, on to the next game, and this is the big 1 o'clock game. This should be the one everyone's tuned into. Tennessee Titans facing the Philadelphia Eagles in the city of brotherly love. Eagles favored by 5.5, and and it opened up at 44.5 on the over-under. So Vegas not expecting that many points to be put up on the board. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, The line seems reasonable. 
Um, everything I look at as far as their defense goes, um, it, I got to tell you, the stats tell me, if I'm thinking just with my head, this seems reasonable. Looking at it with my heart, I expect the Titans to cover the points and really push to win this game. I love Vrabel as a coach. I cannot imagine they don't keep it closer than five and a half. That just seems too big for me. I, I would love to take those points in the Titans, especially if it goes to six. I'm in. How about Miles Sanders this past week? Jesus. Yeah, he was in beast mode. Yeah, he was. I didn't see that one coming. Titans have a very good rush defense, though. Against so. that terrible Green Bay defense, I know you're being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. I, I mean, what, what side of the Titans do you like? You like the plus five, you said? If Right now, the Eagles, uh, well, I mean, it opened... They were five-and-a-half-point favorites. So it's getting bet down then. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll say this. If we're going to bet this game, let's take the over. If you guys want to make money, take the over. Take the over 44-and-a-half. Don't look back. The over is 10-and-1 in Philly's last 11 home games. Philly's over-under in the last 11 home games is 10-and-1. That's the safest play here. I look at this, and I understand Vrabel is a great coach. I understand Philadelphia's defense is very good. But Philadelphia's defense lost their best run stuffers. Yes, they replaced them with the Dominican Sue. They also lost their back end in Charlie Gardner-Johnson. I just saw Christian Watson run free in that secondary. I know Derrick Henry can run through anybody. I don't care who it is. I trust Derrick Henry on volume alone to get better as the game goes on and find holes and make plays. I trust Tennessee to keep this game close. I trust the receivers on both sides to make plays. I think this is going to be a very, very good game. I also think both teams are going to end up in the middle to upper 20s when it's all said and done. I think defenses will make plays. Maybe one defense scores. Derek, Derek Henry cannot run through anybody. Did you see two weeks ago the linebacker that blew him up? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Uh-oh. Okay. No. You gotta. You just gotta watch the highlights. It's oh, the okay. first time I've ever seen Derrick Henry get blown up. He got blown up by a linebacker. Someone literally like knocked him off of his feet. Right, right, wow. right. I mean, yeah, anomaly, and you know it. I know you're yeah. being sarcastic, uh, but I trust Derrick Henry to keep this game close. I, I I expect him to shoulder the load in Tennessee. And I expect Philly to find ways to score points. This over is gonna hit, man. Over forty four and a half. It's too low. Games like this that Philly gets involved in. I think they, they're probably going to come in a little overconfident. They're not going to understand just how good of a coach Mike Vrabel is. They're going to have, they're going to see some things they haven't seen. He, he brings some of these Patriot traits with him where he shows up and he confuses guys for a little bit. This is going to be an interesting game. I'd also like to say that I have an issue with Derrick Henry with, with ball security. Did you guys not see that play? Yeah, he definitely fumbled it right there, what, on the two-yard yeah, line? Yeah, I mean, the guy did punch <laughs> it out of his arm right on the two-yard line. Traylon Burks was there right. hustling right. his ass off, following him the, down the whole way. So it ended up working out for Tennessee. So uh, speaking of that, is Traylon Burks a startable guy this week? He's on my team. He doesn't crack the starting three. Or, yeah, starting three. Okay. But, um, I mean, I got a, definitely a – a solid choice to make there. Okay. He barely cracks the top 50, in my opinion, of okay. wide receivers. Easy enough. Ryan Tannehill, is he a number two this week? No way. Absolutely okay. not. I sure hope not. All right, I, I so, sure hope you can do better than that. I mean, if you got to start Ryan Tannehill as your second, you're probably not in playoff contention. Okay. You know, so I, we're, we're really just looking at Derrick Henry for the Titans. On the Eagles' side, we're starting the usual suspects of Jalen Hurts, 
Miles Sanders is probably a borderline number two this week. Titans are tough against the run. Yeah, if you got a better guy with a similar, someone similar talent with better matchup, you're probably not even starting him at a number two. Okay. I want to say one thing about Traylon Burst. He leads the team in air yards. Okay. He's been getting better every week. He has a 20% target share. He's got 20 targets in the past three weeks. He's getting six to seven targets a game mm-hmm. with the most air yards. This is a guy that I, I know Mike is saying out of the top 50, not startable. But not every team has three great receivers. And usually that third receiver you're starting, you want the most upside. Let me and, let me throw you a dilemma real quick. Right, then. go ahead. Hit me. I got Diggs. He's locked. Right. Amon Ra, locked. Locked. Number three, my choices are Terry McLaurin, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Gabriel Davis. Right. That's you a got, tough call right there. You got great options. Most teams don't. That's why you're mm-hmm. nine and two. I'd say McLaurin. Or nine and what are you? Are you nine and two? Nine and two. Nope. That's why I trusted the system. You are ten and two. Ten and two. That's now. what yeah, I meant. Right. So you don't even know how many wins you have. That's great, Josh. Yeah. So <laughs> his team is so good, he doesn't even have to look at the lineup anymore. First world problem. He has seven yeah. wide receiver ones, yeah. and he's making me look ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, in your situation, absolutely not. You can't start trailing Burks over those those guys as your options have wide receiver three. Christian but, Watson or trailing Burks? Christian Watson. Oh. Christian okay. Watson, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, this week, yeah. You're going against Chicago. Brandon Ayuk or, or Traylon Burks. San Fran, who do they play this week? It's a good game. It's Miami, right? Uh, it is. Yeah, you got to start Brandon Ayuk. Miami secondary is putrid. Okay. All right, so we're going to recap with that saying we are not starting Traylon Burks. Yes. He it, probably does not crack because right. Brandon Ayuk is probably a borderline number three wide receiver. I'd say even minimal two. Like, uh, like low end two he could be some weeks going in with wide receiver one upside. There's been weeks, man, where he blows up too. You just I mean, never know which which uh, you are going to get. Yeah, he really? had a stretch of thirty-five plus points. He did. I and, have him. And in San Fran, everyone can't eat. It's just unlikely. Two weeks yeah. ago, everyone ate, but when I Brandon Ayuk ate, it was like two catches and two touchdowns. Okay. In standard PPR, that's awesome. In genius, you're kind of left wanting. You want the receptions. You want the targets. Yeah, he didn't sure. get them that game, but yeah, I mean, trailing Burks over Brandon, I just can't do it yet. I'm just saying there, there's teams that are not as good off to be able to bench Traylon Burks as your wide receiver three. For sure. Upside. I'm just I mean, my team upside. sucks, and he wouldn't be starting for me, so that says something. <laughs> um, but we are starting A.J. Brown, and Miles Sanders is probably – you're going to have to have an injured running back or James Conner on your team or – Hashtag revenge game, A.J. Brown. Okay. <laughs> uh, Get ready for the blow-up. Mike Frabel was literally going to shed a tear and hug that man at the beginning of the game. I mean, he was game. pissed off. He they was, traded him away. You saw his so face. so pissed. He was pissed, man. Yeah. And Asia Brown was upset because they were a million dollars off on a contract. Are yeah. you kidding me? You let that guy walk for a million dollars? Imagine how Stellar. good. Tennessee's in first. How good are they with A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks? Right. Come on. That's right. incredible. And are, where are the Eagles at without A.J. Brown? Yeah. Oh, that's a great – I didn't even think about that, but that's a great question. Are they right. in, the, in the middle of, like, that 7-5 and five muddy area in the, in the NFC East? I don't know. I, a lot of what the Eagles do is run-based, obviously. They run the ball a lot. Lately, they've done with what I think they should have been doing with A.J. Brown a long time, which is in rounds, slants, let them catch and run. They started getting to that. In the earlier parts of the season, I didn't see a lot of that. I think they left a lot of meat on the bone. If they get to the point where they're hitting him on slants, having him run deep digs and ins and outs, letting him create after the catch, that's how you should be using A.J. Brown. The truth is, Devontae Smith is leading that team in target share the last three weeks. And it is astonishing how much. 35% target share for Devontae Smith. 
A.J. Brown, 23%. 23% is still actually decent. But for an alpha wide receiver one, that should be flip-flopped. Who's the alpha there? It's A.J. Brown. Right. But for the sure. way they've been using him, it, it's not reflective of that. He's taking all the attention. You know, and they're, they're giving him single coverage to Smith, and Smith's reaping the benefits. I mean, Smith's air yardage, Quest Watkins' air yardage, 118, 116 respectively. What is A.J. Brown's air yardage? Anyone have a guess? 57. Okay. That's it in the last three weeks. Air yards. Air yards equates to how many big plays are you going to get? If I only give you 50 air yards, what are the chances you score a deep bomb? Not many. I mean, we're talking, he's Devontae Smith again three times the amount. For sure. All right. On to the next game. We got the Broncos and the Ravens. And we're going to talk about my favorite person in the entire world. Let's ride. Snooze Vest. Yeah, we're going to talk about the oh-so-handsome, oh-so-talented. Sierra. That is correct, actually. That is correct. We're not going to talk Sierra. about yeah, her Let's loser-ass ride. husband who has apparently forgot how to be a quarterback in the National Football League and has decided to ruin my goddamn dynasty team, and I wish he would go to hell. Um, I, I don't even know how Real much emotion. hatred I could, I could throw across this microphone right now at that moron. He looks inept. He looks confused. He looks idiotic, and I don't, I don't even know how else to say it. It's when your players, when your defensive lineman is coming off the field and screaming in your face, and you've even, lost the te- you've lost the locker room at that point. Yeah, I you've wish you would have hit him. I wish, I think that would have been better. Little Steve Smith action right in his jaw. Hackett still needs to be fired though. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not putting any. I'm not sticking up for Russ here. No, nope. Hackett is not the guy. No. And Russ is not the guy. No. And if you you, you guys follow the Throw God on TikTok, he's been talking about how bad Russ has been since his NC State days. And at first it was like, eh, maybe he's sour grapes. This year, all that talk has come to fruition. And it's like Russ is the guy he's been describing for years and years. Kudos to Pete Carroll for, for seeing that. It's so true. I mean, we yeah. all said to ourselves, are you crazy, Pierre? Are you going to trade this guy away? Super Bowl winning franchise quarterback. You haven't seen anything like him in decades. Who made who? Who made who? Maybe maybe they're right. Maybe it was more Pete Carroll than it was Russell Wilson. Maybe Pete Carroll knew Russell's limitations and said, you know what, man? You don't want to be here anymore? Go cook somewhere else. Because clearly they know the recipe was not Russell Wilson. They... They were hesitant to allow him to cook. Now we know why. Yeah. I, and I agree. Nathaniel Hackett looks, man, he looks terrible. He looks terrible. Russell Wilson, you can't start him. Cortland Sutton is a start because of the target volume, but you're going to be holding, you're going to be nervous all game. You you're, don't feel good about starting him. You just have no, to. No, you just have to. You, you know the target volume is going to be there, and if he catches seven balls for 70 yards, you're in great shape mm-hmm. as your wide receiver three. That's awesome. That's awesome. For your wide receiver three, that's awesome. But, man, it's ugly to watch. Trust me, I have Cortland Sutton. I've watched one too many Denver games. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, that's I feel bad for Greg Dulcich. That guy, you can tell he's a great tight end. He's going to be good. But he's going to need a quarterback. He's going to need a quarterback. I can't believe I'm saying that about Russell Wilson. They're going to need a quarterback. Yeah. It's not Russell Wilson. I mean, it's a little bit late for that. $239 million over the next six years. 
It's way too late for that. Isn't he getting a hundred million next year or this year or something like that? Some ridiculous. Like it would literally make them uncompetitive for the next three years with dead cap money. They just wouldn't even have money to sign free agents. The right. the way they work the contract. And as a Raiders fan, I hope they they do that. Okay. <laughs> that team is so talented on offense. Cortland Sutton, Jared Judy, Greg Dulcich, Javante Williams comes back. They have all the weapons. What what do you need to do? It's a decent line too. You got to fire the coach. It starts there because you're not getting rid of Russell Wilson. You no. got to find the right coach for Russell Wilson to get the most out of him. It's not Nathaniel Hackett. Do you, you guys- know you know who they should get? Pete Carroll. <laughs> they should have included him in the trade. Yeah, that should have come with yep, them. John Gruden action. We're trading for the coach. <laughs> Hashtag establish it. That's Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, listen, um, is it worth trying to figure out where Melvin Gordon's going to go? He went to the Chiefs. Yeah, he went to oh, the Chiefs. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah, he went to the he, Chiefs. And who knows if he's going to take Pacheco's playing time at no, all. No, he's, he's going to take CEHs and Ronald Jones, so he'll get five carries a week. Hopefully. Because <laughs> hey. it's nice seeing a seventh-round guy like that uh, become it is, a starter. He runs like, hard. Yeah, he, he runs he so hard. He you does. root for the guy. You don't want Melvin Gordon to bring his just his name in there, his fumbling ass, and uh, <laughs> take Pacheco's playing time. But we're not talking about that game. So Yeah. Do you guys trade stocks? Anybody here ever done any stock trading? Yeah. All nope. Right. Have you ever heard of the RSI indicator? No. I'm going somewhere with this. Scale, 0 to 100. There's a rule. If it's over 80, it's been overbought. You might want to look to sell. If the marker is under 20, it's been undersold. has been bought enough. Russell Wilson's stock is going to take the plunge of plunges. Okay? This thing is going so far down that when you get to draft day, you're deciding between him and Matt Ryan. That's how bad it is. Right? I'm going to say something that maybe I will look foolish for, but next year you're going to be able to get Russell Wilson at such a discount that if he is able to reclaim any of his old form in Seattle, you're going to get rich off of that stock. Because the indicator on this, the RSI is well under 20 for Russell Wilson. This is a guy that's just going to plummet. To me, I got a feeling he's going to be undersold. It's going to be a time to buy next year. This year it's done. I need to see a new coach come in, but I got a feeling that next year might be a year where people take the dive because he's the last quarterback on the board or they just need a depth option. He could pay a huge dividend. As a flyer. To 2023. I'm just saying. Buy low. I'm just Russell saying. Russell Wilson. You know. You heard it here first. Do you Book think? It. Do you think he's not talented, guys? Do you think Russell Wilson is not talented? I mean, had he died in a plane crash on his way to Denver, he'd be a Hall of Fame quarterback in five years. <laughs> You're I not mean, lying. Right? No, I'm not. No, that's real. Yeah. That's, that's a but honest. I'm asking you, is, is he not? talented come on man he's talented he got drafted to play baseball he has a rocket he can make every nfl throw yep he has decent legs he's not lamar jackson but he's not matt ryan he can move okay what's the problem his game has changed over the last couple years he looks unwilling to run it takes away a lot of the rpos um it takes away a lot of how the defense will play him they they have to keep a man in check keep them up even on pass obvious passing plays that guy that used to be there in Seattle, that was like the spy, they don't need that anymore. That that man ain't running anywhere unless it's out of bounds. Can he run? Did, does he have leg injuries? Has he torn no MCL? No leg injuries. He just, I mean, that's... He's reluctant. A, yes. So coach comes in and says, hey, we need to get back to what you're good at. We're going to run some RPOs. I need you to run. You need to keep the ball occasionally. You need to tuck that ball and run. It's going to change everything. 
Why not? You can't really tell me he's not talented. You can't tell me he's lost speed. He never really had much, but he was elusive enough to get yards. He could get you a first down. He could scramble. When man defense is on the field and they turn their back, he can get through the line and take off. Mike's right. He's forgot how to run. But it just takes a good coach to come in, like Tua's coach, the mad scientist. Mm. He pulled Tua aside and said, here, here's 800 plays. Take a look at him when you were good. You're a good quarterback. We need to get do, get back to doing these things. It just takes that coach to come in and be like, hey, maybe it is Pete Carroll. <laughs> hey, look, you did all these good things. I mean, it's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, man. With, yeah. a, with a coaching change, I'm not saying that Russ can't cook some very easy dishes. Yeah, right now we're on ramen. I yeah, get but yeah. yeah, I think the core problem, like you said, I agree. Ha- Hackett has to go. Okay, so I'm, I'm actually looking at Genius at our points per game. Vinny, next year... It is now you have you have taken your top two quarterbacks. You've got your starting running, your top three running backs, your core wide receivers, your tight ends. Uh, you've got T.J. Watt on your team, and you're now looking at your number three quarterback. And you've got these three guys in front of you. Please tell me who you draft and in what order: Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. Well, I know one of them we eliminate right away. Matt Ryan's not getting drafted to be my QB3. But I will make a debate for Russell Wilson over Stafford. But I can make it either way. I think it's actually drawing straws. I I really do. Until the Rams fix their line, the only thing that's good for the Rams is Cooper Cup. That's it. There's nothing else that's really viable. They can't run the ball. They miss Whitworth. There's no wide receiver two stepping up. It's Cooper Cup or bust. I actually would contend Russell Wilson has way more weapons than the Rams. All right. Fuck them picks, right? Ryan Tannehill. Would he make the cut over either one of those guys? Uh, no. I don't think so. I mean, okay. Have to see how the training record. camps go, and that, right. we're the crystal ball very talking next year. We're talking next year, yeah. Based right on now. This year, if you have Tannehill on your roster right now, and you have Russell Wilson, you can't start Russell Wilson with any confidence. But going into next year with a clean slate. Let's face it, does Tennessee have better weapons or does the Broncos have better weapons? I'm going to tie myself to a team that has the better weapons for the for who I think is still the better quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's playing better this year, but in a vacuum, I like Russell Wilson. I do. Again, we might look back on this and be like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. But these are the times when you have buying opportunities. It's easy to be like, oh, yeah, draft Josh Allen. Well, no shit. We're going to draft Josh Allen, okay? We know who the QB1s are. We we know primarily who the QB2s are. But this is where you make your money. Find your QB3. Find your, find your running back three. Find your wide receiver four and five. Find the diamonds in the rough. Russell Wilson is a guy that next year might be sneaky good. Okay. Well, no, I am looking at it and uh, taking into points per game, and that does include Mike White sitting on top with 56 points. We all know he's going to keep that going for the rest of the season. Absolutely. But if you take that one man into consideration, points per game, the number four quarterbacks for Genius this year, the number four, include Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Stafford. That is... That's got a, Those are all stingers. Those are all guys. Even Tannehill was drafted as much higher than a number four. Probably a high-end number three. If you waited way too long, maybe you took him as a low-end number two and came right back with the... You know, maybe you had Stafford as your number two and came right back with the Tannehill, thinking, all right, I got someone solid as a backup. One more time, Mike, say those names. Number fours are going to be Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, 
Matt Stafford. There's a few other guys in there as well. Right. But, you know, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett. I think those are Matt Jones, Kenny Pickett as well. Yes. Awesome. This this is great. What do they all have in common? What do you can, What do you look at them and say they all have in common? They play in the NFL. Okay, great. They also none of them do this run. But there's one Whoa. guy that can. Russ. Russ. Yep. And nowadays the game is changing. For sure. Look at the top QBs, man. They all run. Yeah. All of them. Correct. Justin Fields can't even throw for 150 yards a game, but he's a top five quarterback. Absolutely. Because he runs. So, Russell Wilson, if we can get him back to running, he has the weapons. He has a great defense. That defense keeps every game close. For sure. Those guys don't get blown out. Oh, all righty. Guys, we are on our last game of the night, and this is going to be the Browns at the Texans. Browns are favored by seven going into the oh-so-hot Houston Texans. Um, and it is actually going to be projected as a bit of a shootout. 47.5 is what Vegas is projecting. Vinny, what do you got for us on this one? This is going to be my circle of bust. I love circle of bust. Right. A lot of guys. Love to bust in the circle. Ooh. <laughs> Don't distract me. Now. It's not a circle jerk. It's oh. <laughs> no, sir. This no. is not not the uh, right place for that. Oh. That's downstairs. That, oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, gosh. I knew I was in the wrong place. Okay, well, all, all jokes aside, okay, I drafted this guy. I said, hey, I'm going to sit on this guy all year. I'm going to wait for him to come back. Davis Mills. Right. Uh, no. I drafted him to be my QB4 because I felt he had QB1 upside. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Three weeks ago, I traded him away for Jimmy G because I was in a situation with bye weeks and genius and I had to win. It worked out great. I think everybody on the planet, if you've been waiting this long to start Deshaun Watson, especially in genius, you're going to rush to get him in there against his old team. Especially against the Texans. Right, the Texans. He is going to let you down. He is going to let you down. If you saw him in preseason... Yes. Trying to run that offense that Kevin mm. Stefanski likes to looked run. looked like he was throwing left-handed. It was right. horrible. It looked bad. You're going to tell me that he's been just practicing a couple weeks, warming up for this, that he's going to be ready to go, fully lubricated, ready to get out there, make throws. I don't see it, guys. Did you hear the reports coming out of camp? He had, or not out of camp, but out of the uh, from the organization. He was not taking many first-team reps. He was still right. working with the second teams. Jacoby Brissett was taking a vast majority right. of the first-team reps. I'm, I, I understand that they've got to get him acclimated a little bit, but this you've paid him a quarter of a billion dollars to run your franchise, fully guaranteed. One of the most mind-boggling contracts I've ever heard in my entire life. You have basically set the franchise in this man's hands. Who gives a shit about two or three games with Jacoby Brissett? Run it with the second team, buddy. This guy, we need him up and running when he gets in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ru- sorry, I was going to say Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson is a guy I watched a lot in Houston because I've, I've tend to draft a Deshaun Watson in many leagues. I love Deshaun Watson. I've told you when, when he's right, he's a no-brainer top five. He's up there with Mahomes, Josh Allen. All of them. I, he's that good. But the one thing about Deshaun Watson's game is he doesn't like to hand it off 20 times. In Houston, they let him throw bombs to DeAndre Hopkins, bombs to Brandon Cooks, get outside the pocket, create on your own. Yep. Kevin Savancey doesn't want to do any of that. He wants to turn around and hand it to Chubb, off play action, dart throw, on time, right spot, accurate. You're taking away what makes Deshaun Watson special. I'm going to call it now. Anybody that starts him is going to be highly disappointed. I agree. 
I think they're going to be let down, and they're going to be looking at their QB room, wishing they had started somebody else. Like Russell Wilson? Um, I'm not going to say he's going to be that bad. Okay. I also don't think QB1s are averaging, low-end QB1s are averaging 35. So anything under 35 is QB territory, QB2 territory. Correct. He's going to be between 25 and 30 points. He's going to let you down. That is a bold prediction. He's going to let you down, man. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think in the the last one that we did, I said that. I said, you did? I watched him in preseason. Vinny, it was crazy. I completely agree with you. I, I was like, this is not the Deshaun Watson that I remember. I right. mean, well, he, Listen, he's going to be hyped up. Oh, going to get your old team. But hold on a second. You don't think... I don't care how bad Houston is. There's grown men over there. They're going to take that game personal. They know Deshaun Watson's going in there trying to make a statement. They got pride too. I'm not saying they're great, but they're going to be hyped to play the old quarterback that used to be here and make their own statement. I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think against Houston. Cleveland wins, but they, they can do it running the ball. So here's the real question for you then. Jacoby Brissett was an ultimate team player was always willing to hand the ball off, was always willing to check down. Love Amari Cooper on the, on the short slants. Not a lot of deep balls coming out of Brissett. How does it affect the rest of the team? Is Chubb still a number one running back? Absolutely. Hands Is down. Amari absolutely. Cooper still a solid number two wide receiver? Yes, I, I, I think Is initially... Is David Njoku still startable this week against the lowly Houston Texans? Absolutely. Right. You're going to want to roll out your Cleveland skill players. I'm not saying sit your Cleveland... Okay. I, I don't think... I think if you have Njoku, you probably don't have many better options anyway. Tight end is so thin. You either have a tight end one by the numbers or you don't. And if you don't have Kelsey and you don't have Andrews, you don't have, or I'm going to say Hawkinson now. Hawkinson getting targeted a lot more than we would have thought. So I think if you don't have those three guys, anything that you have with a heartbeat, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby at one point, and Joe Kuh now, you're going to start him. No brainer. I just think with Amari Cooper, you're going to have to take a little wait and see approach. I'm not so sure he's going to come out of the gate this week and just blow the doors open with Deshaun Watson. If I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to have a great game, it's hard for me to say Amari Cooper is going to have a great game. Still think he got to start him. I don't think he had better options, and he's been pretty darn good. You got to start him. I just think you need to lower your expectations. This is agree. his first game in a long time, guys. Yeah. Year, a year ago, he was giving massages or getting massages. Maybe wow, both. he was giving them. Wow, that that never came. That report never came out. Yeah, I'm reporting. Okay. <laughs> the the truth is, uh, they're just going to keep handing it off to Chubb and Hunt. They're not going to need to chuck the ball a lot. Right. They're going to ease him right back into the work. They're not going to expect him to throw 50 times this game because he's not going to need to. The game script is not going to support um, a great game for Deshaun Watson. I'm with you, Vinny. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm looking at their record. They're four and seven. Okay, their playoff hopes have been dashed. They kind of have to win out. They They're do. gonna have to finish at ten and seven. Nine and eight probably doesn't get it done. How are they gonna get to ten and seven, man? Uh, they're gonna have to do it running the ball. They're gonna have to do it running the ball. That's their identity. I don't think you can just expect Deshaun Watson to come in and save them. It's not happening. Okay. And Stefanski doesn't like to play that way. He just doesn't. All right. Well, is there anyone startable for Houston? Kyle Allen. Are we starting Brandon Cooks? Are we starting David or Damian, Damian Pierce? Pierce. Are we starting Pierce, who's really let down owners the last couple weeks? You're talking about your third. Brandon Cooks would be wide receiver three for you, and Pierce would be uh, RB two. 
if you have a better matchup with a similar talented player, you're probably going to start those guys instead. That's what I. That's my personal take. Okay. If you, I mean, if you don't, if there's a big drop off between your wide receiver three and your wide receiver four, then yeah, you're going, you're rolling out with Cooks. So realistically, there's probably not anyone for Houston at all. At not, any not that you feel good about starting. No. Not ingenious. I, I think in standard PPR. You, you can flex Damian Pierce. I, I think this is going to be a running game on both sides. I can see both teams slugging it out in the run game, trying to control the ball. Um, so would I start Damian Pierce if I had a flex spot in a 12-team league or a 10-man league? Yeah, I could see it. And genius, I don't know how he cracks the lineup right now. He catches nothing. Catches nothing. If he doesn't catch balls and all he's doing is running and he can't get 100 yards for you, it's hard to justify his spot. you got to have something better in genius at this point. If you don't, you're probably not a playoff team. Nope. I have them, so I'm and I'm not a playoff team, so that makes sense. You're yep. a fringe playoff Same team. Here. <laughs> You're a fringe playoff team that has some bad luck. Yeah. But all jokes aside, most teams that had Damian Pierce and they have relied on him. That he had a good stretch, but you know, last few weeks have not been good. Horrible. And this is when you needed him the most. You're probably just not a playoff team now. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Don't start those Houston guys. And uh, Deshaun Watson's really going to let you down. So. Take that with a grain of salt, because everyone's probably really excited and really hate that Vinny just uh, shit on their best laid plans. I love Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, man, if you hear this. Yeah, that's okay. It's just funny that he's on their team with a guy named Chubb. (laughs) (laughs) That was all by design. Yeah, that was. All righty, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, We are going to have a few TikTok videos ready for you this week, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon on our podcast, so check us out again soon. All right, y'all have a good one. Have a good night. All right, take care, guys. Boop, boop! Good evening, West Melbourne, real minute genius. This is the championship formula. Coming to you live from West Melbourne with your host, bearded for her pleasure, Mike Plymel. To my left, we have Cajun Raider, Mr. Mike Wielden. Feeling good, feeling good. Yeah. Sitting across from me, we got Josh Kinney. The casual checking in. Thank you very much. And to my right, we have Vinny. Don't call him Vincenzo Gonzalez. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Playoffs, right. baby. Yeah, Mr. Nation. All right, tonight's going to be a special episode dedicated to the playoff teams of the Real Men of Genius. Um, we did get a couple requests after our last episode. Uh, we know we got a funky scoring format, and a uh, few people asked where the hell did that come from. So we're going to give a quick explanation, and I can do that in just a second. So about 26 years ago at a Publix located on Babcock and Palm Bay Road, eight lonely and sad stock clerks decided to get together and form a fantasy football league. And that eight-man roster still holds today. Those eight guys tried to do something slightly different, and that was a point per reception, which was kind of new back then at that time. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. It stayed that way for about five years. Uh, That's about when I joined the group. Um, I started helping out with the commissioner duties, stuff like that. And about three or four years later, we realized that the quarterbacks were dominating and that there was a shift and how the running backs were utilized. There was only a few bell cow backs. The league was already going, this was 20 years ago, the league was already going to a little more third down backs, scat backs, 
and it was making those bell cow backs almost completely like unicorn style. There was only a handful of them. So we switched it to two points PPR because we wanted everyone to have equal value. About 10 years later, again, the league keeps shifting. We were looking for inventive ways to keep every position level with each other. So we went crazy. We did three points per reception, and we completely ratified the defensive player position to where players like J.J. Watt were averaging 35 points a game. They could keep up with most of your number two running backs, most of your number two receivers, most of your number two quarterbacks, in case a team wanted to go heavy IDP. Uh, we realized very quickly that people absolutely hated that and hated us for doing it, and we went back to kind of a compromise to where IDPs, your linebackers are averaging somewhere in that 13 to 15 points, your top ones. Uh, now your top wide receivers in the upper 30s pushing 40, and that is the point system that we have probably used for the last five to eight years so this league is a 40 team league currently eight team rosters everyone should come out of the draft fairly stacked as long as they did any kind of homework or we do have a few special people that come with a magazine (laughs) or maybe a piece of paper uh, with a handwritten note from their mom saying please draft a quarterback in the third round And here we have today's league, as it stands, 40 teams, $200 entry fee, and uh, 15 people make the roster. So that is what we are looking at today. And after saying that, we now have 15 people in the playoff. One team got the bye. That's going to be Team Laporte. He is sitting back, watching TV all weekend, relaxing and happy that he does not have to play any of these beasts come week one. So that's going to be it for how we got into the league. And we are going to start with our first matchup. Matchup <clears throat> with Team Knopfel versus Team Mel. Number two versus number 15. And we're going to start off with Knopfel. And uh, anything standing out to you, Mr. Nation? I feel bad for Zach, Team Knopfel. Um, and when I say feel bad, he's just in a tight position here. Unfortunately, his wide receiver room is going to take a huge hit. He has Terry McLaurin on by. Michael Pittman, even though he's been kind of up and down with Matt Ryan in the lineup, he's got a lot of volume. Unfortunately, Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman are going to take a seat, and he's going to have to start unless he picks up someone better. Looks like Josh Palmer and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Josh Palmer has been good, don't get me wrong, but he's one healthy Mike Williams away from not being a great start. We'll have to see how that goes. If Mike Williams sits, Josh Palmer is a great start. Donovan Peoples-Jones is not. Last week, to my circle of bust, I said do not start Deshaun Watson. I still feel that way. I don't like his outlook, and I don't like his receiver's outlook. This team, unfortunately, as good as it was to get here and be one of the top seeds, is going to run into a monster. I mean, on the other side, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. He's good at quarterback with Derek Carr. And he, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson is not great. He lost Lamar Jackson. I'd probably rush to pick up Huntley. Huntley. Absolutely. Got to do it. But he's running into a monster. Yeah, do you see anything? Like, I'm looking now, Pollard. uh, He's got him in. Uh, I do realize over the last four weeks, Pollard and Elliott in standard format have been top seven running backs, each of them. 
which right. is almost unheard of. But in genius, you really need the catches. Uh, Pollard is getting those. But is he going to be the better start over DeAndre Swift, who looks like he's finally healthy and finally about to bring some juice to that game with Detroit that looks like everyone's getting healthy at the exact right time? DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, Amon Ra, everyone coming out for Detroit. Do you see Swift as a potential viable candidate to take over for Pollard? It's close. Um, you know, Pollard has a great matchup against the Texans. We know he's splitting work with Zeke, but I, I don't know if people realize that Pollard started the game last week. Jerry Jones came out and said something about Zeke being disciplined because of a cell phone that went off at a meeting. I don't know. I think they're starting to see the truth, and the truth is Pollard has more juice. He's more explosive. Every, every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to go to the house. Every time Zeke touches the ball, I feel like he's just plotting. But if I was Zach... I'm going to have to ask myself, what has the most upside? And I think it's Pollard. I like what Swift did last week. I also think Swift is very close to being injured again because he always is. I he don't is. think I'm going to put my playoff life in a guy that didn't get me there. Okay. I think I think Tony Pollard is the start. All right. So we get over to Team Mel. Um, Cash, what are we thinking over there at the running back spot? Running back spot. Are you uh, good with Damian Pierce as his number two? Um, we've already heard Lamar Jackson. He's going to be out. Uh, I know they said day-to-day slash week-to-week slash not month-to-month. Huntley could be viable against a horrible Steelers team, and the Bengals are fairly strong on D. Watson could have a tough day, so he'll have to make that decision. But at Damian Pierce is the first one that I'm spotting. How are you feeling about that? He he doesn't really have very many options, though. You look at it, he's got Najee going against the Ravens, and then he also has Latavius Murray against the Chiefs. So... Damian Pierce against the Cowboys, none of those are good matchups. They're not. Um, he could just drop all three names in a hat, and then he could, you know, not feel bad about who he actually started because that's a crapshoot right there. Okay. I mean, but going back the other way, he has a huge advantage. Wide, wide receiver. Yeah, it's so Incredible. Big. I don't know how he got all three, three of those guys. I mean, even um, Diggs on the other side is going against the Jets, and the Jets are beasts against receivers. And then you have a big step down with Palmer and Peoples-Jones. So I don't think that Mel um, is really going to get hit too hard when it comes to the running back spot. He's just stuck with a bunch of bad matchups. Yeah. All right, so Mr. Raider, I'm looking at Dalton Schultz versus the Texans, and we got Greg Dulcich in a juicy matchup versus the Chiefs. They are projected almost the exact same points. Which way are you leaning? I'm going Schultz, man. Okay. Yeah, tried and true. Tried and true. Yep. Uh, are we going to get a vote on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go the other way. Here's why. I'll make it brief. I know we got to get to the next game. They're playing the Texans. The Cowboys are. They're not going to need to throw very much. Let's be honest. 178 out of, out of Dak last week, and they still put up 55. Yeah. And then you got uh, Dulcich on the other side going against the Chiefs. They're going to have to throw the ball if they even want to stay in the game. I'm going to take the volume there with Dulcich. Anyone know what his target share was last week, Greg Dulcich? 60-something percent. It was 30% is what Greg Dulcich had last week out of the – That's a huge – I mean, I know know we're splitting hairs here, but let's be honest. This is it. You lose, you're out. One man – two men enter – that's the point. One man leaves. That's the point. So, so you got to play this different. Uh, looking at this, uh, for me, it, it's a no-brainer. Team Mel is going to win this matchup unless something catastrophic happens here. But and when you're in that situation, when you're favored, you don't get cute. 
I love Greg Dulcich too. And if I needed a high upside play, it's Greg Dulcich. For sure. But I know that Dalton Schultz has a great relationship with Dak. And I also know that what, what, what Casual said over here, they're not going to need him. They're not going to need C.D. Lamb. They should be able to run over the Texans pretty yep. easily. And when the game gets out of hand, they're not going to be throwing it a ton to Dalton Schultz. If there is some sort of Christmas miracle and Houston goes up two touchdowns early, sure. But I wouldn't bank on that per se, and I wouldn't get cute. I love Dulcich. I'm starting him in a lot of different leagues. Yeah. Just not here. Don't okay. get cute. No, fair enough. Uh, one last note, uh, Mr. Zach, please take out Cleveland Browns defense against the Bengals. They're projected for less than 10. Uh, the Broncos playing the Chiefs, also not a great matchup. See what's out there on the waiver wire. Do yourself a favor. You need all the help you can get. Hey, I'm rooting for Zach, man. Zach's my I boy. Zach, man. He's, he's okay. an incredible yeah. fantasy football player. So right. I'm rooting for it, you, Zach. He, Go this, get him, baby. This league is in a tough spot with week 14s. We discussed it. Unfortunately, you play the playoffs on a week where there's buys. Yep. I will say this, and this goes for everybody. Um, team Mel and Team Connectville, Zach, they're not in the same division. Both of these guys, especially T. Mel, should be running to the waiver wire, specifically at running back. Zonovan Knight might be out there. I would rather start Zonovan Knight than Damien. Oh, Was that yeah. the Drake London that you were mentioning right. last yeah. week? I'm forgetting his name. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Bam. That's his name. That's hey, his, would, yep. you, would you rather have him or Pierce? You know, that's, gotcha. why, that's a question. Great question. All right, that brings us up to our next matchup. We got number three, Footsteps Falco, Falco <laughs> versus number 14, Team Fish. All right, so we're going to start off with Falco. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray seem to be the obvious choices. Um, nothing wrong with Connor and Wilson when the rest of your running backs are on a bye week. Yeah, um, go down to uh, his uh, backups. Bye, 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 bye. Yep. I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah, unfortunately for uh, Vince, Mr. Falco, that is going to be pretty much his lineup. There's not much he can swap out. Um, that is going to be what it is. He does have the Patriots in a great matchup with the Cardinals. They are uh, sticking with Sam Darnold. We did forget to mention that at the beginning. Uh, huge breaking news earlier today. Uh, Baker Mayfield picked up by the Rams. So, Wow. Yeah. No, Jalen wow. Ramsey and Bobby Wagner apparently threw a party for him. So uh, they're all very excited about Baker being there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so over on the Team Fish side, we've got he's still got Lamar Jackson in there, but that's okay. Uh, he's got a real viable option down there with the aforementioned Sam Darnold, and he's also got Jimmy G nursing a boo-boo on his big toe. So it looks like he is going to have to go to the waiver wire. He's probably just waiting for uh, the doubtful or out des designation on Mr. Lamar. Um, at running back, he does have a couple viable options, but... Really, are, is anyone even debating benching Saquon or CMC? I Absolutely can't imagine. Not. No. Okay. No. Absolutely not. I, I mean, Barkley's going to go up against a very, very tough equals D, but you can't bench him here. He got you here. Correct. Team, team Fish is, I think, the only other team that has this combination of Barkley and McCaffrey. I, I was the other one. I really wanted to get in and see what I could do with this lineup. The problem here for Team Fish is as close as this matchup is, it, it's going to come down to a player or two, and Lamar not being in this lineup, man. Uh, if he doesn't pick up Huntley and start him with Geno, I would not want to roll out Sam Darnold. I do not want my playoff hopes to ride on Sam Darnold. I'd I don't even think Huntley. it's going to matter about that. Like, I mean, if you look yeah, at the wide receivers, receivers I mean, yeah. he's going to win running away. Like, he's got a yeah. he's got a room full of a number two and then a hand like at number threes and fours. DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, 
Tyler Boyd, Zay Jones, Juju, pick your poison. One of them or two of them or all of them are going to suck or one or two or all of them are going to do decent. So it's a tough one. You really are. I mean, you're the only problem he has straws. is like, yeah, I mean, that can be a problem whenever you've got several great players at a position right. and you're stuck trying to pick out which one is the best one. You know okay, I mean? well, I don't he, even know but, if he has a uh, receiver that's on his roster that cracks the top three on Falco's side. That's know, right. shit. Oh, yeah. Falco's in my division. And three weeks ago, four weeks ago, before I made this run to try to get in, I went to him. I said, hey, I will give you Saquon Barkley, but I want a wide receiver one. And at the time, Barkley was number two overall. He wanted to give me Metcalf. I turned it down. I did not want Metcalf. I wanted JJ or Tyreek. I wonder, because that wide receiver room is so strong. DK has your third. No one said DK was going to have a good year. DK fell in drafts all over the place. Of course. No one went in saying, I'm drafting DK because I want him. Yeah, not with Gino. Right. Would he have done well to trade one of those receivers? Not necessarily to me, but to someone else to get a true RB1. Because, like you said, his receiver room is great. But Team Fish's running back room kills his running back room. Yeah. And Team Fish kills him at tight end. Anyone who has Kelsey kills. So... While you say, oh, this is going to be a blowout, not so fast. Footsteps is only averaging, I think, 305 points against per week. Meaning when people played him, they didn't score much on this guy. Yeah. Team Team Fish is going to score. Don't get me wrong. The matchups are great at, at wide receiver. They're projected basically dead even. I need even. to see that. You're right. Yep. Half I'm a point upset. difference. I'm calling upset. I, I like Fish to win this. Okay. The wide receiver room is terrible. And and Footsteps, is if he wins, is going to be on the strength of the wide receivers. Okay. I'm sure Justin Jefferson is going to go nuclear. I'm sure Tyreek Hill is going to have a game. I'm actually on your side. I do think Fish pulls we'll this out. Um, I do think it's going to be on the strength of the running backs. Geno Smith. Um Travis Kelsey, my man crush. Remember, if DK goes off, so does Geno Smith. Casual, what's your pick for this one? And would you switch out any of those wide receivers? Are you good with Deontay? I'd love to make a case I for would, Juju, yeah. but against Denver, um, Boyd, I know, could have a slight bump with Hayden Hurst out, but um, I just I don't know that I see it being enough to overcome DJ Moore. If anyone wants to go back, DJ Moore was having a quietly good season last year with Sam Darnold yeah. and CMC. So I'm okay I, with DJ Moore there. Okay. Listen, there's one change he needs to make, and if it's me and I'm putting my playoff life on the line, Deontay Johnson goes right to the bench, and you put in Zay Jones, and you don't look back. Coming off a terrible Ooh. week, the Titans are the 31st-ranked pass defense. They are terrible. And I'm not saying Zay Jones is A.J. Brown, but they can't stop a nosebleed in the secondary. They are susceptible to get beat with the pass. I like okay. Zay Jones to get at least six receptions here. All right, so – Go so ahead, go you're ahead. saying that uh, – I just want to make sure I have this clarified right. – that we are going to pull a Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne reincarnate right. with two Jacksonville receivers in his starting lineup. Right. Listen, who 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 is really favored in real life here? Footsteps Falco is the guy that has the record. He won Correct. 11 games, right? 11 and 2, I think he is. Yeah, 11, 11 and 2. And two yeah. 11 right. and 2. Team Fish barely got in as a wild card. Okay? Yes. Falco is supposed to win. This Falco is very close. This. You got to do something. I love his wide receiver room. I really, I love it. It's exceptional. The running back room is terrible. He's probably not going to get much out of that. Yep. I, I think you make the move to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, roll them out against the Titans. Okay. And get ready for some fireworks. All right. I hope he's listening. Yeah, I think Falco takes it. Look at, I mean, you're going to have Jeffrey Wilson's going to have a bounce back game against the Chargers. You is he? know that. I'm with you. I'm with Falco as well. Yeah, footsteps okay. is going right. to take it. Evenly divided here on the championship formula. As we move into our next lineup, and that is going to be Giant Blunts versus SS Lance. Old single story. 
Um, as per the usual, he has not set his lineup. Doubtful to put in any pickups whatsoever. And uh, he's probably not going to listen to any advice at all. So we're going to make this one quick. Um, Giant Blunts has been a beast the second half of the season, putting up a ton of points. Um, it does seem like he's got some fairly easy decisions to make. His wide receiver room is strong. Uh, Tom Brady, um, he well, he is a quarterback. And Geno Smith is there with him. He, he does seem to have, at least on paper, his best lineup set. Um, I guess an argument could be made for Debo, but I'm not sure who you would sit uh, in order to get him into the lineup. Uh, 49ers defense really coming through for him here as of late and Nick Bosa. Um, anyone seeing something on SS Lance? We are going to have to go mm -hmm. down the lineup to see. Mr. Nation, what do you right. see over there that is glaring? <laughs> well, the IR spot on Eddie Jackson, we got to get him out of there, put Ugh. him on IR. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, put him on IR. Get some fresh blood into your roster. That's step one. Yep. But step two is let's make some decisions. Adam Thielen to the bench. Yep. Take the plunge on Mike Williams if he comes back. If not, why man, is Marvin Jones on anyone's team at this I have, point? I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, oh god. Like it's, he's not even the best Jones wide receiver in Jacksonville, and he's still <laughs> he's still floundering down there with 18.2 right. points a week. I'm like, I'm I'm just not sure what to say to him. Yeah. I mean, what are the projections on these guys? It's well, bad. Uh, Giant Blunt's projected to win by 46. Yeah. Should, right. should not even be close. Yeah, no. exactly. I got Blunt's winning this. However, I want to be I want to be Lance right here, right? So these yeah. are the moves I make. I'm going to roll out Justin Herbert and Tua. That's fine. You're going to roll out Chubb and Cook. That's great. At the receiver position, you're going to roll out Devontae Adams, and then you're going to stop. You're going to run to your waiver wire. You're going to yep. see what's available right away. Exactly. You cannot put your hopes on Adam Thielen even if he plays the Lions. George Kittle, you need to reassess it. It's really hard to do this. Hunter Henry is going against Arizona. I'm calling it right now. Hunter Henry is going to have a big game. They are 31st against the tight end. They are terrible against the tight end. This is an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm going to have some balls here. I'm going to try to win this matchup. Playing it safe with George Kittle isn't going to get it done. I don't see George Kittle going off against Tampa Bay. He's still at a disadvantage. He's probably going to lose. But Correct. Without if you know that, if you go in knowing that, there's only one thing you can do. you got to find ways to close the gap. Yes. Swing for Take the a risk. Yep. And, Absolutely. And, and it starts with the IR spots, Mike. I mean, come on. Yeah, he could greatly increase his chances just by making a few swap outs. Um, Lance, you shouldn't be in the playoffs doing that. <laughs> no, no, he I really shouldn't be. I yeah. Call me. I'll talk to you about it. Yeah, we'll go over it with you. But you got about uh, seven or eight hours before those waiver wires process. Alrighty, guys, we're going to take our first commercial break. Uh, just a reminder, we're brought, you, brought to you tonight by Mr. Delicious Pizza, uh, giving you the famous Euro pizza up there in Vieira, right off 95 and Vieira Boulevard. Go in, stop, high, stop in and say hi to Mr. Acosta, Mike, um, former manager at the Vieira Pizza. Always happy to see everyone. Uh, don't forget that he's got the new food truck. Perfect for your corporate events, kids' birthday parties, anything that you could use a food truck for. He's there for you. If you go in and tell them that you heard about them on the Championship Formula podcast, you will receive a 10% discount off of your order. All right, we'll be right back. Nice. 